0: hello and welcome to the bothering strangers podcast my guest today is comedian jr de guzman you may have seen him on netflix's comedy lineup or you might have seen his comedy album dual citizen which is on itunes jr is speaking with me today from sacramento jr how are you doing
1: i'm good man i like that it's very real and raw you know coming from speaking from i'm both
0: yeah you, you are both uh (laughs) <laughs> what, how have you? You've the pandemic's been going on for uh, what seems like ten years now. So what's and you were performing quite a bit before the pandemic. So yeah, what's, what's happened? Have you just gone full virtual? Done a little bit in person? What's what's that about?
1: Yeah, so I guess start of I, I'm trying to remember when everything started. It's like looking back and and we're in like an apocalyptic world, and you're yeah. like, man, do you remember when it all started? But I think around March, right, mid March is when all the shows started getting canceled. Awesome um in the very beginning no live shows i did things opened up in california for like maybe two weeks in june i think or july and yeah. i had done two shows and then everything closed up again and i just did my first in-person college in south dakota this last weekend uh here in september but other than that it's all yeah virtual shows have been doing other people's podcasts stuff like that and uh, making my own little videos here and there
0: how was it getting that, getting that first uh, in-person, uh, you know,
1: stand-up experience again? Well, dude, okay, from the, just the email that I'm doing it, I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know, I was a little bit like, I know some people are like a little bit like scared to go out and do shows or whatever. I felt that as well. Okay, should I travel, all that stuff? But I also just want, you know, I needed to get a set in. And so I took all the different precautions and asked other people what they were doing. Like, I saw Jeremiah Watkins, you know him? He's a, name. He's, a, he's a comic that's at the comedy store a lot, super funny guy. But he made a post about what precautions he took on, when he was doing shows in person, and I just did the same thing. Um, but it was, it was both cool and weird, you know? I felt like I was doing stand-up in, like, a weird, like, futuristic movie because everyone was wearing masks, and every chair was six feet apart from each other. Like, it was, it was interesting, yeah. Was it just college students? Just college students, yeah. It was like Lord of the Flies. There weren't even like teachers or any parental, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, I I think South Dakota is doing pretty well with uh, coronavirus. I know I know they don't have a big yeah. population, so that for sure helps. But uh,
1: I he- think their their cases are low. Um, yeah, there's one thing if people go look up. There's one part of South Dakota that's kind of that went through a bunch. It Was Sturgis? Have you heard of that? that you that seen thing. that video? No, there were they had a they had a motorcycle rally. Oh yeah, is that where that was? Oh yeah, have you seen that video, dude? It's amazing. no, I have.
0: was it was it it's, a
1: Trump rally? I think it was a Trump and motorcycle rally. It's the best, yeah. dude. It's it, the best.
0: I I heard it got really bad actually from that one motorcycle rally.
1: You know, I mean, depending on what side everyone believes, everyone has different things about it. But just this video itself doesn't matter what you believe. It's just hilarious because the first guy that goes on, he is like somebody, one of the comments was like, this is the man who is slowly becoming a motorcycle. Cause he's like, he was like there for motorcycles. And as he's talking, he starts like his voice, like, like he's like, has that grit in his voice.
0: Like, oh, I haven't performed standup since March, since before the pandemic. Not that I was yeah. you know, performing a ton anyway, but I mean, I, I feel, I feel like the first time I do perform and like see all these people just in masks, I feel like it's just going to throw me off
1: yeah i mean like like when you're performing and the audience is on masks
0: yeah yeah well not in song yeah
1: yeah well you know some places didn't so when i uh, from what i've seen i think some of them they don't have to wear masks if they're socially distanced this one was taking the extra step of like you're going to be six feet apart and wearing masks um but it was weird i even commented on like it's just strange like i'm i can just see eyes staring at me and, and no mouths like no smiles like all that stuff uh it was it was a little creepy but it was fine. Do you think that's... I'm just happy to do a live show?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like masks um stifle laughter though.
1: Oh yeah, maybe that's why I felt like I was bombing, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did, did you do you actually think you bombed or did people like tell no, you?
1: No, no. No, I thought I thought the show was fine. I thought it was good. It's just it was funny though like I don't know if it stifles laughter. I think okay, so in my opinion if what's harder in the crowd would probably be the space in the distance, right? Well, yeah. Because it's like, as an audience, when you're closer together, laughter is contagious, but I guess so is COVID-19. So like, <laughs> <just> like <laughs> let's face space apart. But yeah, it was, uh, it was I, I think it was harder to get a role, like everyone together, but it, it's almost like, then I have to be more active and have more energy to like, wr- ring them up together, wrangle them up together kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I can, I can for sure kind of see that as an issue. I also feel like just when you kind of make, like when there are groups of people, it's like one person looks at the other person to make sure they're laughing, to make sure it's funny, and then they want that confirmation. And now you, have, you can't get as much of that because people are so far apart.
1: Yeah, and you can't tell if they're laughing because they have a mask on. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, you tell.
0: I, I, I mean, I was having that problem before the pan- I remember doing a book show, and, it yeah. was, and the worst part was that it was the day Kobe died.
1: Oh, my gosh. You yeah, had I a show the day it, Kobe died.
0: I find out in the morning. Wow. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I have to do a show tonight. Like, I have so many it, questions. My yeah. first 15-minute set. First,
1: like,
0: oh, first 15 ever. First one ever. And actually, the only one I've ever done, sadly. but Okay.
1: No, one. but yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing, man. It's, you know, people, if anyone doesn't know who would listen to it's like you build from doing a five, then a 10, and a 15. Sometimes you do 15s for like two years. If, you know, yeah
0: like- i did i w- i wasn't i didn't even think i was gonna do 15 i ended up doing about 14 and a half which is obviously a very a great
1: spot to be in but yeah. the most i've done before that was seven wow so did you have the material in multiple like sets you know what i mean like if you did two fives were like okay i have yeah i kind
0: of kind of took i was like i i had like five minutes that i was like at the time i was like i know these are good this is a good this five, is your five. Took that five um took jokes here here and here and then i was like okay i need to get better at crowd work anyway yeah so like i'll for sure do a little more crowd work than i would like previously mm-hmm. so i did a little crowd work um you've performed in the midwest this was the midwest run we to college they have some different crowds out there i find like where like they yeah. find stuff's funny but they don't laugh they just smile interesting what was the what was the venue it was, it was just like a bar. It was like, so I went to college university of Kansas. It's in this town called Lawrence, Kansas. And mm. I remember this part of Lawrence where students never go. Like it's called North Lawrence and it's this bar. Um, it's just like a bar out of nowhere. Not, not very popular. And you do, and you do have to pay to watch the shows five bucks. So we split the pot when it was all, when the night was over. And, but I just, I just remember doing my jokes and like an idiot, like an idiot. I started off with the tribute to Kobe because he died the day because I want to.
1: <laughs> I oh, God. I, that was the first thing I was going to ask, right? Because I think that, that was the first, first thing, thing I did. I had is like, like, let's say 9-11 happens, right? And then you have a show that day. Do you comment on it? You know what I mean? It's like, do you comment on it? Or do you just like elephant in the room, leave the elephant there? <laughs> Dude, you went, okay, so you went full on Kobe tribute. My intentions like, were good. Serious My- or comedy?
0: No, serious, serious. serious I, I, but, okay. but but the difference was, people are looking at me like the room was like. Other than like the people I brought, my college friends, everyone was more in the middle aged. So okay. they're looking at me like, "You're not going to make a joke about Kobe now, are you?" And I immediately said, "This is serious. I'm not joking." And then yeah. it threw off my whole set. That was a. I was like one minute forty five seconds. Yeah, set, threw off the whole set from that point. It on. is.
1: It is hard. It, like the way you start, man. Just. Definitely sets a tone. Yeah, yeah. Or like or otherwise you have to kind of build the momentum back out of a hole, you know.
0: Yeah, the only I the only the only like laughs I really got like laughs (laughs) across the and people were not together. Like not it wasn't it was before the demo. People were but people were just like spread out. The only big laugh was was when I said to this guy in front of me, I went, Are you tall? And he goes, Yeah, and I'm like, How tall are you? And he goes, I'm five eleven and then I went, You're not tall. Like that was it.
1: That's that me. Me. Me calling him.
0: Me calling him. You are just
1: crushing this guy's dream of like this whole life. He's always tall. Basically changing his entire reality, dude. And uh, <laughs> yeah. in front of a crowd, it was an intervention for this guy. Like realize. I'm not. Like, dude, you've been going. <laughs> yeah. What? Like, hey, Eric. You've been shopping at Big and Tall for way too long, and no one's had the heart to tell you. This guy came in and just finally, <laughs> finally gave it. To you like it is dude so cool. you started out you started out with like a eulogy and then did a stand-up set. essentially
0: essentially i started the eulogy and i'm like all right i'm gonna go full on <laughs> comedy right now
1: that, dude, the only relatable experience i have that is you know being in a filipino family any family really they know you do stand-up every event right they have you hey can you do a set weddings hey. birthdays
0: oh yeah. yeah for
1: for me they'll always ask me if i could do a speech but it, it it's like can i just be serious like they know, okay. they know what you want they know they know yeah. they,
0: they want jokes
1: make it funny yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. that's fine i usually will i'll stress out about it until like the day of and then it goes fine the weirdest one i ever did was my own grandma's funeral they asked me to do a set
0: oh my god tell me <laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: I need all the details on that <laughs> well it's it's i don't know if it's any similar to the kobe eulogy that you did at your set Probably. but uh it wasn't at the actual funeral itself. It was like uh, the wake. I always forget which one's which. It's like just the open casket. The wrong so my, gra- my grandma was in the audience. And it's like, I understand like a roast at like a birthday, but like, hey, can you roast your grandma? It's like, I don't know, because she's dead. Um, this is going to be a weird roast. <laughs> lightly. Yeah. So anyways, I, I bombed. I didn't, you know, didn't really do very well, but uh, I get it. I understand it. That was that was basically it. They they asked me to go on. It was like everyone was crying because I was like there was like a song that went before me and all this stuff. And then I went on I didn't I didn't roast her. I was just telling like stories about her. And I think nobody understood that like this is supposed to be funny in any way.
0: Yeah. And so
1: it just sounds right. like I'm saying weird facts, like weird facts <laughs> about my grandma. Like, they're like, what was that? Was that a tribute or spe- I don't know what he just did up there? What, was he trying to be funny? Is he trying to be yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. I was, maybe if I bombed hard enough, my grandma would have come back to life. So that's, <laughs> that's one, you know what I mean? She was like. That was the goal, right? How dare you? That was the goal. That, that was, was the goal. goal. I didn't,
0: oh, I didn't thanks. think we'd be getting into this so early in the podcast that I didn't, I didn't expect this to happen. But I'm, <laughs> I'm happy it did though. I'll tell you that much. Was it, was it at a church? Yeah.
1: It was at a church. Well, it was, uh, what was that? It's, uh. Where was this at? It was somewhere in L.A. I want to say like you know like a, a chapel. It was a chapel, because she got she was buried in Forest Lawn. You know where that's at in L.A. Yeah, I, I have a general idea where it is. Cemetery to the stars, you know, a lot of famous people buried there. Is there so is, she, are, are you serious? There are some famous people buried there. Yeah, but she. not know that? You know. Yeah, but like she's in the she's in the. The regular people's area. (laughs) They have a famous people (laughs) section. She's not in it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ooh, let's go visit Bob Hope. You know, it's like as you're as as you're visiting your grandma.
0: (laughs) You're a singing comedian. How did I mean? You talk about it in your sets that you learned to sing in the church. Mm -hmm. How? What made you? I I mean, in America, the very few singing comedians that I know off the top. What made you be like? I want to be like the singing comedian.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't even know if I it was like I wanted to. It just kind of came naturally. So, don't want the, to. I thought yeah, I'm going to give it up tomorrow. No. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like I like I love it. I love it cuz it's it, I wanted to be a musician first before doing comedy. And so when I started doing comedy, um I remember like I think I was doing stand up for maybe like a year, just regular stand up. And in college, one of the classes I took, it was just co- it was at Davis as an elective of all comedy aspects, not just stand-up. Oh, wow. And our last project was musical comedy, so we had to write an original song for it. And it went well in the class when I performed it. And so I was like, oh, let me close like, close my stand-up set with this, uh, the next show that I have or open mic whatever I'm doing. And that was um, that was when J.R. Guzman was born. <laughs>
0: well, you, well, so like it's like we were talking about before we got on here, but it's like, in America, like, I feel like people look at the guy who comes to an open mic with a guitar and they're like, "Oh, this guy." Yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, you're booking and like it's you're not open micing. I can't imagine very much. But what was it like when you were when you started bringing that guitar to open mm-hmm. mics and they're like, "Oh man, here we we got we got a singing one on our hands."
1: Yeah, you know there were there was both aspects. I think half was in my head, half was real because like I was actually getting booked because it was original and I wasn't like and I was doing well. Like I wasn't just it would be one thing if I went up and just started bombing and they were like, Yep, I I just like idea idea confirmed. Guitar guy sucks. But cause that's what you're going up against. I think you're walking in with a guitar and in their mind they've seen another guy with a guitar that just was terrible or something was weird or hacky. And that's just what they think you're gonna be like. And so that was the obstacle I was up against. But I think because it went well or like Maybe I, you know, was did was a good spot on the show. I was like, I was actually getting booked pretty decently, like, from the music stuff. But there were also some places where it was harder to get booked as well. So it's like, even though I could pretty regularly like find a show early on, there was uh, I feel like there were some where it was like they were really opposed to it until until I started growing a little bit more as a comic or like getting bigger like spots and stuff. And then they're like, okay, we'll we'll join this. We'll they wanted there. they
0: wanted to see if you were like consistently doing a good show I feel like with the guitar before they took the risk yeah anymore. yeah yeah
1: if it's just like a novelty or it's something like legit kind of thing
0: I, I can for sure, for sure see that what about you did you were you performed on Kevin Hart's heart of the city heart of which, the city very cool and I, I mean I think he just kind of uh, highlights lesser known comedians what mm-hmm. was when you came on into that room with the guitar like what, what were the thoughts there
1: yeah so uh like is it in respect to like just that room that environment? Well, actually let
0: me ask you this were you the first person there were three there were three of you guys in that episode in kevin hart yeah podcast, which you can just google online and watch yeah, uh, yeah were you the first one to perform
1: i was so there was a host and then me
0: okay so you were the okay so you were the first of like the like the three people that they brought on yeah
1: but i think in the episode it's like they put me at the end like they cut it up yes, differently they did. but yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah so yeah that was i was the first one to perform
0: so what so what happens they, they walk yeah. in they see uh-huh. an asian guy the bar.
1: <laughs> yeah so you know it's a pretty like it's a it's known like the room was it's a pretty like black crowd black audience black room was it in Sacramento? a lot of black comics go through there yeah it's a place called touch a class okay. and uh, it's got like a bar a barber shop and a kitchen dude
0: yeah so wait i okay everything before i get to that the barber yeah. shop is not in the same room as the comedy club right
1: No, but it's all, it's all like attached.
0: It's all attached. Like you have to walk like a separate door to get to the comedy club.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: that's insane. I love that. I love that right there.
1: Yeah. It's like, and they do, I don't know how many shows they do, but it's like, basically the bar room has like a little venue area. And uh, so when I went in there, like I had done touch of class two times before that, because it's in SAC, you know? And so I kind of, I kind of had been familiar with the audience, but not so familiar and uh dude it was great honestly the energy was so good like i think um i think in comedy no matter what any sort of surprise thing is like it, it is good it works in your favor like if you're uh i don't, I don't know just anything anything but um like if you you know if you're on a show and then you're something that's different like let's say like you you're jewish you were, you were saying before jewish, yeah. if you're like yeah if you're the only guy talking about jewish stuff on a all like non-jewish show or whatever i don't that's that's not a term it, would be it a show it helps
0: it helps for sure except usually i'm not the only jewish guy performing <laughs>
1: You're so not the, only jewish guy so, so it the bigger
0: the bigger issue is that even <laughs> when i was in the midwest there was always one other person who was jewish
1: yeah yeah dude but, it, but yeah, it, so, for
0: sure, I've, I've had some odd experiences in the last couple years did you I worked, yeah. I worked at a christian college like a very christian college when i say that and I, and the, I, the school that you
1: went to was, was a Christian college? No, I went, or I went to University
0: of Kansas Public College. I worked I worked at a school for like one semester only okay. a couple months ago called yeah. Mid-American Azrian University. New well, I was
1: going to say leave the name out, but go ahead.
0: No, I'm, I'm putting it in there. I, I loved I love working. <laughs> there. I, I loved my time yeah. there. Hey, I yeah. can tell you with 100% confidence without even asking, I was the only Jew on campus. Whether like, Even though I was an employee, I was the only Jew on campus. Hmm. So I had some odd experiences as a Jew – yeah. It's like sometimes, and I'm sure you know this as just like as a Filipino guy, it's like sometimes white people try to like tend to you. Mm-hmm. They want to make things relevant to you as like, as yeah. like, as other. Sure. I'm white. I don't need you to, to make things relevant to me. Like I'm good. Yeah. But, <laughs> but people still sometimes, not often, people still sometimes try to make things relevant. So like, even in like yeah. my interview for the internship, when I, just the interview when, when I just mentioned, I do stand up and I, and I, somehow I mentioned I was Jewish. I don't know how that happened, but yeah. later on he goes, or, or the first thing they said, when I said I was Jewish, he, they go, so Seinfeld? And I'm like, wrong move. Like, wow. Right. Oh, I, Seinfeld, card. I don't even like Seinfeld. I know.
1: I know but I'm, that, that, that's the funny thing to me. And it's, it's just so natural. Like it's annoying. It's not so like, so too. it's well-intentioned, but just kind of annoying. Right. But it's like, because in, your, in their brain, you can see, though, they're, like, trying to find – they're scrolling through similar interests, similar interests. They're going through, like – Trying to connect. They're
0: trying to find a way to connect yes. as
1: well. But it's, like, so limited and it's kind of hilarious. Like, I, I talk about it on stage now. Uh, I did it at the last show where it's, like, people will come up to me after a show like, oh, dude, you're Filipino? That's so crazy. My dad served in Vietnam. And like, yeah no not even <laughs> the same
0: country <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I'm like that's cool so your dad fought a war in Asia and uh what am I supposed to do with that so yeah
0: hey, man, but, thanks for letting me know I'll uh, yeah I'll be sure to thank but, him
1: for uh, this but oh but on the note I think we're we're, we're talking about the what were we talking about right before that? the guitar thing
0: yeah heart of the city or singing
1: guitar. oh heart of the city yeah. yeah dude that crowd so that was one of those moments so my parents came to the show. Oh wow! I invited some of my my like two friends to the show, my girlfriend at the time, and that was like I got like a they kind of showed it at the end, but I got like a standing ovation in it, and then they kind of cut off the rest. But it was like it was the most like it was the coolest like first that was my first TV credit, coolest first TV first credit word? experience I ever. Got yeah, wow. yeah, and uh, just the energy in the room was really good, and and I was up I was up first, just right after the host.
0: When did you? When was your moment? Like was there a time when you were doing stand-up and, like, you just, like, weren't doing as well as you had been in the past and, like, you're getting kind of discouraged by it, and then you have one show and it goes really well and you're like, ah, oh, this is what I need to be doing?
1: Uh, like, dude, every year, yeah. Every year? I've only had <laughs> that happen once.
0: I've only had me once, though.
1: Oh, I don't mean, like, every year I have that show. I just mean I go through that feeling, you know, where I'm like, is this – I think that feeling never goes away where you're just like, okay, what do I do next? What do I do next? I think, How it's, do I regular. I
0: think it's so regular because so. it's, it's not a safe path doing acting, doing stand up. Like, yeah. Especially in a pandemic, you're like, where's, where's the money going to come from today, tomorrow? So, but I yeah. mean, but then, but you have those shows, I feel like, that sure. kind of reaffirm it.
1: What was it, what was the experience for you where you From had the, like you were in shore and then you had a show where it just felt right and same, everything you could say same was like bar, I belong same here.
0: bar I did my 15 minute set in, but this was like a five minute set on a Christmas show.
1: Yeah. And what's I the was, bar out of curiosity? The bar? Ooh. Do you remember the name? No, it's fine. It's fine.
0: Oh, Call Valley. Call Valley. Call with a K. Okay. K-A-W okay. Valley. Uh, you just looked that up like Lawrence, Kansas. We'll see it. Um, cool. Call Valley Bar, not the stalker team.
1: Um,
0: (laughs) So I was doing a Christmas show, and like we weren't even getting paid a lot of comics, like way too many comics, honestly, on the the set. And we were, the money was going to like uh, one of those Christmas toy foundations for kids. It was like, Mm, yeah. And the guy who, dude, it's
1: always those fundraiser shows or something because you're doing a good cause. It's like life, or if you've been believing some kind of spirituality or something, it's like, I'm going to reward this guy.
0: Yeah, and also people want to show up more, too, when, when they know it's going towards a good cause instead of the comedians, the, the broke yeah. comedians who really need the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the ones who need it the most, and we can't yeah, even... Yeah,
1: every, every every show as a starting comic is a fundraiser, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I, I do this set, and I'm... The host goes on first. He's got like, organized it. Does about 15 minutes. He does well. He's, he's a strong comic, for sure. Cool. Um, someone else goes on just, like, two, three minutes... Very quick. And then, uh, I go on and everyone's gets seven, eight minutes, but he says to me, you get five. I'm like, Oh wow. Good. Good to know you have faith in me as a comedian. Yeah. So I go on there and I basically like the first thing I do is it's a Christmas show. It's in December. And I'm like, yeah, Christmas. I'm like, nah, I'm Jewish. And yeah. that gets and that gets the first laugh, and from there it just went. Like I did four and a half more minutes of comedy, and like just momentum. Never, from the never go. got, I've never in my life gotten such big laughs, and up until that point, I was like, I'm not the best comedian here, but I was the best one tonight.
1: I mean, and you know, the I think that the awesome thing about getting that feeling that you had there is you know that you can do it again. You know, you, you and so you, you can never, kind of chase that. don't thing. know when it's like, gonna how happen? How do I do it again? You don't know what's gonna yeah. happen,
0: but because yeah. Yeah, I like. I mean, I feel like when you start doing stand up, it's like your first, your first crowd laugh. You have all these little small accomplishments that just amp. Yeah, yeah. I remember oh, yeah. Dude,
1: you get you get me, Jad. I feel like we're talking about like we're two addicts, like talking about uh, last time we got high, like oh, you know, like. The come down and you come back up. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> it's just
0: nostalgia right now.
1: Nostalgia, <laughs> yeah, dude. Man. When was the last time you had a big high? Well, it was at this bar called Valley, you know, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Have you, yeah. have you
0: ever had a good show? Like good for whatever the time was like early on. It was well, when sure. It went sure. well and then someone goes on after you and does even better. And then you're like,
1: Oh, oh God, dude, it's, it's,
0: you're That's happy, you know,
1: it's so funny as a comic. It's like, you're happy, but are you happy, you know? Because it's like... Well, comics, there, are comics a... happy? <laughs> are you ever happy, you know? You're happy for like the 10 minutes after you have a good set and then it's you're back to your regular life.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, you're, you're happy and then you're like, I couldn't have better. Not good enough. Yeah, dude. Uh-huh.
1: There's, a, there's a mix. I'm a pretty positive guy a lot of times, but comedy is just like also a jaded world, dude. So, and you start to realize like different different things about yourself even like wait why do i do, why do i need this um it takes, it, but, it takes so yeah. long
0: too it, it's such a big time commitment and i think that's how i think it's like it's like you write like you full you're a full-time comic but like if, mm-hmm. if you think back to like when you were like a music teacher which in your case yeah. you literally were a music yeah. teacher
1: and you yeah. were going stand up at night places.
0: and you're mm-hmm. like so i spend eight hours a day at school and i spend three or four hours at the club
1: like what time is there for me yeah that's your time i guess at that time you you have to really if you're doing that right at that phase or like when i look back when i was doing that that was who i was it was like i would be at whether when i was at school i'd be writing jokes during like a psych class when i was uh in between teaching students like when they would leave i'd be like writing jokes in the notebook thinking about an open mic you know you're thinking about an open mic like later that night to like to wait it's like a even though your set's going to be like five minutes The whole process before waiting whether it's like a sign-up sheet or whatever waiting to get called on and then hanging out with the comics afterwards it's like it's it's a good handful of hours that you're putting into it it's
0: fun it's it's a fun like i love it it. amount of hours like the whole like i think like the whole thing about about comedians talking after the show or away during the show i think that's important and it's enjoyable but it's like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of mental energy it's a lot of physical energy it's a lot of just time and it's like i i get more nervous if i'm like the fifth person up right i get Mm -hmm. more nervous as i as i get closer yeah the time that fourth person is four minutes into his five minutes set i'm like i'm like
1: you're thinking about yourself yeah (laughs) you know the like the uh the NBA championship song go on you know (laughs) yeah
0: you walk up then you got like i get, I, get and I feel like i wrote this as a tweet but i feel like this is honestly yeah. true. i feel like eminem's song um lose yourself is like the soundtrack to every my-
1: time you every time you go up on stage or just in general you want to
0: lose yourself in the music i'm just <laughs> going up
1: yeah and it's like it's like really intense but then it's like you know like a dick joke it seems to get up
0: <laughs> oh yeah and, and and then it's like and then it's like just a joke that is like not serious at all i like <laughs> yeah. what was that like for you because you were like going from like what grade did you teach
1: so so in the in my set i talk about like third grade but i was actually i taught kindergarten through fifth grade at, at like a school we we're like contracted to the school which was a uh awesome experience tiring but awesome and then i also taught at like two different music studios which would be like private lessons for all ages
0: yeah, so I, I feel like for you, you're, like, going from like being, like, Mr. de Guzman, and then you have go, and then you <laughs> take off your serious face here. Well, yeah, you, dude. It's like you're code switching, right? And then you're, like, all sure. right, got to become JR. That's
1: a funny way to look at it, man. I never even thought about it like that. Because, yeah, you're right. It's, like, you're going on as, like, hey, everyone, like, have some respect. Like, let's be, let's learn how to be, like, civil, you know? And then I go to a thing, and I'm, like, the most disobedient person in the room. And that's why people yeah. enjoy it, and you're just telling jokes about like yeah, who, who knows what but you, know? but you know, I actually thought of it um as similar similar hats because when I in the classroom, you're kind of doing a set, you have a set list, you know it's like I have a warm up thing, that's like my opener, it's my opening joke, and then, okay, this is the lesson plan, that's like all the meat in between, and I got to close strong with some kind of what was this lesson about, what did we learn, what did we review, and uh um. It was fun, man. And a lot of it is also crowd control teaching, like especially little kids. Oh yeah. So it was it was good practice for standing.
0: I, up. I worked in public schools for a little bit. What did what did you do? I it was I, well it was like my first semester of my senior year, so not that long ago, and I, and I just applied for a job to be like a teaching aide. Yeah. Having no idea what that entails. Yeah, yeah. And it was very part time, but those but those very part time hours were very tiring. Kindergarten Dude, or first it's graders a lot of tough. energy. Yeah. They're tough. What were
1: you were – because you, uh, I remember having teaching AIDS as a kid, like, and there's just a guy in the room, and I had no idea what he was doing there. But were you, like, more hands-on? More? Yeah, well, it
0: depended on the day of the week. So I, I worked three days a week, and I was – one day was kindergarten, one day was first grade, one day was, like, high school. It was for kids who were just, like, falling behind in class pretty much. Like, they, like, they, were, yeah. intelli- they were intelligent. They, they just were falling behind. So the first day of be week, kindergarten so so hands-on they know nothing respectfully yeah. they know nothing yeah you know <laughs> i don't want to yeah
1: there's a kindergarten out there dude he's fucking pissed off right now he's like yeah, oh, he's, yeah he's, he's mad now intelligence no, but you, but you're look te- at this finger art. yeah
0: <laughs> you're teaching him how to read yeah crazy and the first grade is like they know a little more They know a little more you know and in first grade, you can t- you start to tell like intelligence a little differently too. You have that one kid who's reading at like a like a like a college level or something like that. Yeah. You've got one kid who still can't read. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, oh wow. And yeah. It's the- high schoolers was nothing. Yeah. Wait, you wait. You said you had a kid in high school who couldn't read?
0: No, no, no. They could read. I. But one day I taught oh, okay. them in high school, and to my knowledge, they could all read. Whew
1: yeah no, that, yeah, would, be, that yeah. would be way bigger yeah so that's that's a whole different yeah so okay gotcha but you they didn't saying. they didn't like, want yeah,
0: my they they all too, have like a level they're to too brash them. they're too brash to be like i want your help and because i'm like i'm only a couple years older than they are
1: it's such a crazy difference and then and then i think that must have been tough uh coming in as like trying to be authority but like you're not that much older
0: not i, I was I, I didn't even care about being authority. I, I was just like i was just like i'm here for like three four hours whatever i'm here for and, and, yeah I would like to help you with what it would like if, if there's something you'd help with, I would like to try to help you. And maybe I can, maybe I can't, but like mm-hmm. they would struggle and they would just, they would, they would circumvent me completely.
1: Yeah. Well, it doesn't look cool too, you know, like the, to ask for help and whatever. I don't know. So there, there's no. probably a bunch of different aspects.
0: It it, it it does not look cool at all, but yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, before, yeah. I, I do want to ask this before I forget unrelated. When, yeah. you, when your family moved to America from the Philippines, you lived in a storage unit for two weeks. Yeah. You talked about it in your stand-up. But I want to hear more about that. Like, what's I know, the dude. Okay,
1: so the, the, the full story. So um, I was actually asking my mom about this the other day, too, because I was so young, you know? But um, because I went back there and, like, they've, like, gentrified everything. So I think it's, like, super nice now. But it was, like, this garage unit that somebody had converted into, like, a little one-bedroom of, like, or, or studio or whatever it was, and I think it was just literally like a small, like, shed thing. I think there was like one bathroom, it was just small, uh, thing for like five people. I don't, you, we lived there for longer than two weeks. I just say two weeks because it's like it's funnier. We might have been there for a few months, um, and then we lived it's funny, we went from one like garage type of thing to another garage type of thing. Cause then I think we lived after that in my aunt and uncle's like converted garage in, um, in like a bigger home. So we went from one small garage to like a nicer garage. Yeah. Okay. So, so so it wasn't like a
0: storage unit at like a storage property.
1: No, no, no. It was like it was like a little like just storage like garage shed type thing. Okay, that's that was deep- that was separate from a house. Yeah. Okay. I
0: in, in, when when you talked about it in you talk about it in the comedy lineup on Netflix, when you talk about yeah. I really envisioned like going like driving down the street to like w- one of the storage units and then there's, just a family oh, yeah. living in there, you know?
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Cause it's some, sort of like that. Cause I believe it was like justice. It looks like, you know, I'm trying to think of, um, you know, like you have a house and there's like the detached little like storage shed where you'd keep like, uh, lawn tools and stuff. It looks like that. So there's still sort of that same imagery and I wanted to go visit it. Right. Actually when I did the comedy lineup and, and everything like i was just in this weird nostalgic phase i was like oh, let me go look at uh some of these things from my childhood now that i'm living in la too and i went back and saw it and um it's like a nice like hipster shed now
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's la right there
1: Dude, it's like nice i think they've actually like added on to it too like little parts and stuff but um it's still nostalgic for me to just go back to that area because there was there was a lot of like like childhood stories that i remember from there my brother like um one of the I don't know why this is like one of the most uh visceral memories I remember because I wasn't I don't remember it myself, but I remember this is something that we would always talk about from that time. Was like my brother running around and like playing in some like I think there was like, you know how they have like a little parcel of land that there's no house yet, but just like a land for sale. Yeah. There's like something like that out there and then a bunch of like just junk and we would go play there. And then my brother like tripped and got like a, a nail in his knee. Oh, of, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 and that was just like one of the most famous memories from that time. <laughs> like, so I just like like to go back there, and just like try to imagine what it what. Also, looking at it to see like now I'm at the age around where maybe my parents would be, you know, and like picturing yeah. them have have three kids. Oh my god, I'm like can't even. Yeah, it was, that so There I'm were living. five people in there. Five people. Yeah,
0: three young kids and two two parents yeah oh my that's that's too much for me um
1: yeah dude I, I do have a lot of respect for my parents doing what they did because like then they came here and um so my dad was in the military in the philippines and pretty high ranking and in the philippines that's like very powerful you know because that's like you can basically rule and uh and then he moved here and the mom became the breadwinner and as a dentist, and he became, like, sort of her support. So I have, I have a lot of respect because, like, I think a lot of guys would have an issue with that, like, you know, self-esteem. It's a, it's a tough or, transition for sure. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of respect for everything they did when they came over here.
0: I don't know much about the Philippines, but, like, obviously you hear about the corruption. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, being the corruption is popular. Being in the military Even is the
1: deal. Yeah, well, like, so – I remember my dad – dude, I wish I could see the timeline. I need to ask him more about this stuff. He was part of, like, a military coup at one point. There was, like, oh, a corrupt man. government thing. Yeah, yeah. He's in, like, a picture in the newspaper on, like, the back of some Jeep or something. But um, I, don't, I don't think he was, like, a big part in, like, planning it or anything. He was just one of the, the military involved. Um, and then he was, like, working his way up the ranks. He was, like, a, quote, unquote, like, career man but in the military trying to, like, yeah. move up. And, and then, you know, we had my, – my sister passed away when I was really young. I think I was, like, less than a year old, and she was, like, six. And I think that just rocked a lot of their world and their life, and they are just like, let's get out of here. Let's move to the Philippines – and or to America, sorry. And, um, I'm, I, again, I still have a lot of respect the fact that he was able to give up, like, power, you know? Like, power in, a, in a, any country, so.
0: Well, give up a lot. To go from yeah. a career military man to a mayor. Yes,
1: he. I, I would say like if I had to summarize it, he went from like a career military man to like a family man because they were. He was like you know he's basically Mister Mom over here, <laughs> like, and and now all his kids just like you know rag on him and it's funny. <laughs>
0: like, and now it's, it's been a while. He's used to it now.
1: Yeah, dude, but, to me, that blows but my mind. Like, he could have like had us all killed thrown in the river and there'd be a whole new family there waiting for him you know
0: <laughs> why'd you kill your family they disrespected me
1: <laughs> yeah and they'd be like oh that's fair
0: all right uh, but i understand yeah. uh, so so he just kind of became uh mr mom and your mom and your mom was actually a dentist
1: yes my mom's a dentist and my dad's the office manager i would say when we go back he still has some some power though you know and, and it's funny power is a very specific word but I think in a a place where there is a lot of uh, differences in power where you go, it's like a big deal. Because, like, we went over and people will – this is a real thing. Like, I I always try to be careful of not, like, disrespecting anyone that's, like, living in the Philippines now, too, by, like, picturing it so much as a a third-world country because it's not like that's the life everyone's living. Like, there are, like, very well-to-do people out there and and, um, very smart, like, talented people. But um, there was a guy – so like, it's pretty common to like, for the cops to ask for bribes, they'll stop you and get yeah. a bribe in certain, in certain parts of the city. And I'm thinking of like Manila. And so we got stopped one time, like our whole family in the car. You're just, you're and just my dad. dad. Yeah. we're just, I, I used to go back like every year, um, almost every year for a little while, because my brothers were living out there uh, for, my brothers are both dentists too. They went back to the Philippines for dental school and yeah, now they're back in America.
0: They went to oh, the yeah. Philippines from America for dental school.
1: Yeah, dude. It's pretty wild. It's wild.
0: Sounds like it's, uh, it sounds is. like a, a it sounds like a sitcom or something.
1: I know, man. Yeah. So uh, so it's it's interesting because like my mom. So my mom's a dentist, my brothers are dentists, and their wives are dentists, and then I'm the only one that does stand-up. Oh so, ah,
0: you were the black sheep.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And uh and my mom moved back to the Philippines for dental school when she was younger. And so it was kind of a pathway that we all kind of knew about. No one did after college. And then somewhere along the way, both my brothers were doing music related stuff and they shifted into like, all right, I'm going to do dentistry. I'm, I think I'm just the last one holding out You know, I'm holding on. I'm like, no, I'm not going to give up this dream. I'm going to be something I'll show you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, never. And so, um, or oh yeah, so when we were in the Philippines, I was visiting my brother, brothers, and uh we get stopped by an uh police officer, basically asking for a bribe. I don't even remember what they stopped for no reason really. And my dad just mentions like, Hey, who's your boss? You know, and he's like he says a name and my dad's like, Oh yeah, that's my classmate. Like, we went to the PMA together, the Philippine Military Academy and um I was in the I was in the military here at Air Force, all that stuff. And they're just like Okay, go ahead. Close so oh, it. Got you're good. Oh yeah, because that guy could fire. You know, you're you're stop. You're asking for a bribe from like somebody in the military or like somebody who's served with your boss. So it's like they knew that they could get fired or something like that. That was the first time I looked at my dad. I'm like, maybe I'll stop calling my dad a bitch on, when I do stand up. You know, <laughs> this guy's pretty tight. This guy's kind of cool. You know, shit. A whole new light. <laughs> a whole
0: new light show <laughs> shined on your dad yeah. that day yeah dude that was cool that's 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 incredible i can't i can't believe that happened do you speak um tagalog or any of the filipino languages
1: i uh very little very little you know like when i'm out there sometimes i'll throw out some words but everyone speaks english really in the philippines or like most people do english there yeah um i forget what the story was it was like a bunch of people came to teach english during a certain time i think the first were like missionaries or something and then the philippines I I could be misunderstanding it but I think the Philippines was also like a sort of like an American occupied territory. They were once one time
0: well. they were yeah. That's what it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and also it was like a Spanish colony for a long time so it was like everyone a lot of the elites spoke Spanish for a while. Is that where you learned English? Comes from? Yeah, De Guzman. De Guzman. But De Guzman the way we say
0: it. So, who was someone in your family Spanish?
1: No, uh so I basically every filipino has a spanish last name because I, of i've noticed the colonization it's like mexico you know like they're technically like indigenous they would have some indigenous name but we're also colonized by spain
0: okay yeah i, I yeah. was always kind of curious about that because i'm like i feel like in philippines they shouldn't be having these incredibly spanish names
1: it's so Sp- yeah you meet an asian guy who's like yeah my last name's ramos it's like what Rod- rodriguez <laughs> so many Oh totally, dude. Yeah. So you'll meet in some Filipino dudes kind of like Mexican. So it's like, yeah. I've been I've went to auditions for like Hispanic roles before, and I would, I just you know they were like, um, I would ask my agent like, should I do this? And you're like, oh, i just go, dude. Then maybe they'll cast you as something else. <laughs> like,
0: I feel yeah. like every comic has that period in their life where they're like getting like, they're starting to get booked, and then it's like they're asked they're, like, so can you do like thirty minutes? And they're like. Yeah, and they've never done more than twelve or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Mike Rabiglia talks about that, where he was at like one uh-huh. of his first thirty minute sets he was at he was asked to do and he did four. It was a
1: college, right?
0: Yeah, Mike Rabiglia used to do the college thing for, for years on end. He was doing the NAFTA yeah. college thing and yeah. he did four minutes in like one of his first shows. Like literally, and he's asked to do thirty.
1: Yeah. I said, mean
0: he had eleven minutes of material.
1: That's so it's so funny and relatable you know you know we've all been through that thing um that's kind of that's kind of what my experience was too like all all that stuff happened around the same time so if you could see any like blueprint where it's every comics path is like just one possible path you know and i would so i'd ask everyone what did you do how did you so mine it was like i think around 2015 i started doing i i got signed with my first college agency and in 2016 i was like touring finally but it was really like that's what helped me build up to like an hour. It wasn't like I really had the hour then. It was like I was filling an hour of time, but it was like you know <laughs> dude. I remember I would do so I probably do like maybe 30 solid minutes, 15 like okay kind of crowd worky stuff, you know, not even too. okay. It's literally just me like, "Hey, what's your major?" Cool. "What's your major?" Nice.
0: You're, hey just, you. like what? you're just <laughs> looking for something and I, i've done this too when i've been like yeah just blanking you're looking for something to get a joke off of
1: yeah yeah no exactly yeah and, and like, then it'll oh. throw you and you back try in. to go and you run out like you think this is enough fodder right like to like enough to, to have a joke no that wasn't enough let me find another one yeah people there.
0: people don't understand this about about comics where it's like material lasts people different comics uh different amounts of time yeah so like one it like like it does like some comics work faster the other thing is sure. like you're probably at this point where this doesn't happen to you but for me it's like if i'm going on stage and i do like my first couple jokes and they don't do well i start altering all my sets
1: because yeah, i'm not at the have enough
0: confidence to to roll on you kind of yeah yeah the exact same joke the exact same way so the jokes get short and i start forgetting lines and little little jokes in it. interesting
1: interesting that's that's interesting, yeah, I think I'm still adjusting even if even if I'm not maybe necessarily changing the specific joke, I definitely will add a different word if I see like the environment's different or like try to frame it differently but um yeah dude stand up yeah the, those those early sets I would also end with sometimes q and A 's to fill the time <laughs> I would, devel- dude up devel- the five minutes dude yeah bro I would do a Q and a. And the best part is like, I wasn't famous or anything, you know? So uh, it was like 2016, 2015 or whatever. And I would do, at the end, it's like, oh, fuck, I have like 10 minutes left. All right, what am I going to do, do? All right, you know, I think I want to just get to know you guys and see what you guys want to know about me. So I'll answer some questions. They're like, dude, who the fuck are you? They're like, we, do- they're
0: like, we got in here for free. We don't we don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. I was here because they
1: said there'd be pizza. Like, I do love. I, I, it's one of um, the college circuit. I think the thing I like about it is like meeting the students and seeing what just like, that's really like the sort of like after the show talking to them and seeing like what's what's going on. Like what's uh what's up with TikTok? What's this? That it, know, it, like, it
0: helps you stay. It helps you stay up up to date with the, with the trends.
1: Yeah, because otherwise I'm getting old. You know, every year that passes, like I don't know what's going on, and uh, that I feel like doing colleges helps. Me and you sometimes. aren't even
0: old. You're just like. Older,
1: yeah, like, yeah. Compared to college, Thanks, man. so that's it. That's kind of you. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm always interested to hear everyone's every comic's philosophy on, uh you know, where the lines are, offending, not offending, and from from the variety of comics that are out there, from like the Nate Bargazzis who aren't trying, you know, political or edgy. Very clean, very not, not saying he's not edgy; he's very clean. But it's like it doesn't feel clean that whole thing, you know. And uh, who's amazing. I uh, was like one of my favorite comics and he's then
0: so underrated.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, Chappelle, you know, he's going to try to dance on the line the whole time. And in fact, you might have to like some deep belief in you is going to have to be questioned while you're, while you're watching it. That's, and he's amazing the, that's, that's Chappelle's thing. Way. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. I think it's just finding what are your, what do you believe as you go up there when you're talking? Cause um it's hard to navigate right now. You know, I think like, the funny thing is, like Andrew Schultz probably could get you know canceled for things he's saying. I think it's like you just have to sort of be genuine with it too, because you know that's what he's going to deliver, and um, and it is pretty insightful sometimes. So it's like
0: Andrew Schultz is Andrew Schultz is probably of all the comedians I've seen recently, like the most consistently controversial comedian. Like just like everything he says has some level of controversy behind it, mm-hmm. which is which is what but makes him funny.
1: Yeah. And it's not just for like shock value too. It seems like he's he's genuinely each time trying to make a point or like or something. So I think that's where that's what's uh where it has like depth instead of just like
0: yeah. I think where it really impresses me is that he seems to really just enjoy himself on stage. Yeah. And and Pete Davidson who, you know, say what you want about stand up, they seem to both Uh really enjoy themselves on stage.
1: I need to see more more of Pete stand up. I haven't watched enough of it yet. If you watch I'm, his, if it. you
0: watch his most recent special on Netflix, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which wasn't received well, he's just having a good time. Like that's it. He just goes what's up. It, what's it called? So being I being hoping you were to ask me because I don't remember.
1: Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll go look but, it up. I'll go But
0: uh, if yeah, he just seems to just enjoy himself, and like that's that that that's yeah. all he's, that's all he wants.
1: That's it, man. I think I think when you there's so many distractions in the stand-up world. The simple part of it is just like go up and, and enjoy the set. You gotta remember like when it it's the, it's the Eminem song, dude. We're calling back to the Eminem song. You go yeah. up, you get focused. It's just that moment. Use yourself, yourself yeah. in the moment? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> well, Jr. Thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. You can see JR in the comedy lineup on Netflix, or you can stream his comedy album, Dual Citizen, on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about his YouTube or his social media handles or anything like that, go to jrdeguzman.com. Is that everything? Yep, that's it. Great. Well, thanks, man. For sure. Thank you so much, and uh, be safe. All right.